everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here and hope you're having a good day. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. And really quick, if you're looking for a good gift idea or decoration ideas for your home, head over to HealthyTango.com. I've created some original Tango art, and you can now order prints of some of the pieces I've created. And they can be printed out on art paper, or canvas and they can be framed if you like so head over to healthytango.com and have a look my guest today is an internationally renowned bandoneon player composer and arranger she's originally from denmark but is now based in buenos aires having studied with many great maestros such as carlos corrales juan jose mosalini and Julian Peralta, today's guest, currently plays with several tango groups you might have heard of, Orquesta Típica Andariega, Sexteto Andiamo, and the all-women group Las Malevas. She also helps run the Buenos Aires Tango Lab, an organization that educates young people about tango history, dance, and music. They set up workshops, concerts, and youth programs that offer a fun, in-depth look at tango culture. All right, then, with me now is... Stina Engen from you know, over in Buenos Aires. So how are you doing, Stina? I'm doing really well. Uh, it's a difficult situation for everyone, but on a personal level, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah good, good. Yeah. So yeah, so day to day, what do you have a, a practice routine for your music at all? Right now I have a lot of time, no? So uh, I, <laughs> I normally don't start playing i start doing like other stuff computer stuff uh, okay. mails messages and such and mm-hmm. and maybe after lunch i'll start practicing and also writing some music and and sometimes also late at night if i'm in the mood i'll return mm-hmm. great so are you also a dancer or main, chiefly a musician uh, I do dance. I started dancing before I, I started playing, in fact. Okay. But, um, but I've never been like really nerdy. You say that <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did, so how did you uh, come across tango? Uh, I was an anthropological exchange mm-hmm. student or an hmm. exchange in anthropology. And I came to Buenos Aires. I didn't speak any Spanish at all. Mm-hmm. But I started to to uh, move a little bit in the tango environment. I had a teacher who was really interested in in the tango, so he took us, mm. and that's also where I I learned about the new tango orchestras, like a, the new movement of uh, also not the classical tango, you know, like uh, right. Julian Peralta and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, what really grabbed your attention when it came to tango? The passion, the identity. And also like the the pla- the place it represented, I think, or the space, the mm-hmm. the atmosphere. It was like something from a, a film. I, I I felt like mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was there a lot of tango going on? Uh, you're from Denmark originally, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but in, in Denmark at the time, you know, while while you were a student, was there any tango going on when you when you came back? There was, yeah. It's growing, but there was already quite a lot. And I did take a course when I went back. I I started like in a a school with a course every week. And Mm. that's kind of what I did (laughs) in my dancing studies. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like to be a woman, you can can do a lot with just like 
having been taught the the coach more or less then it's dancing and then you'll if mm-hmm. you dance with a, a good leader it will yeah. come to you in some way <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so you you love tango so much you actually went so far as to get into the music and to become a bandoneon player so yeah tell us the story of, of how that happened well i started dancing and then i went to this milonga which was organized by musicians Mm. And at that time I was a student in anthropology and I was um, really fascinated about this field as a mm-hmm. case study, you know? So I wanted to go back. I had a good friend with me and we came back the year after to do like a more specific study in, in a tango school called Orlando Goni, which is mm-hmm. organized by uh, Julian Peralta and Asticiero. At that time it was a mm-hmm. bigger group and we started to, yeah, to study this, uh, this group of young people. And I had the idea that I was going to play a little bit the, the bandoneon because um, the anthropology is about participating and also observing. Oh, yes. So that would be my participating part. But uh, it's not very easy to get your hands on a bandoneon if you're not <laughs> buying one. Mm-hmm. And also buying one can be difficult. Mm-hmm. And also like um, the thing about you, you can't really find the, the notes I had some musical knowledge and I was mm. able to read sheets and all that stuff but it takes quite a while until you have memorized where the notes are um, mm-hmm. so I couldn't do anything in that sense in the beginning mm. so it was only participating in the milonga every Thursday night until very mm. late and that was that bad either <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the first time you you held a bandoneon in your hands what what what, what was it like for you Remember the first time I took a class, mm-hmm. I was kind of embarrassed about the thing that I wanted to learn to, to play the bandoneon. <laughs> I had all these uh, Argentine musicians uh, around me and, and they were like gods for me. And I felt it was something like a, mm-hmm. I wanted to be sure also about my, my, my intentions, no? that I was mm-hmm. going to take it for real because these, um, all my informants were very passionate about it and it was like, it had changed their lives and it was like the future of Argentina. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was really, um, it was carrying a lot of uh, importance for me as, a, mm-hmm. as an outsider. Yeah. Um, so I went to, uh, I had all these musicians around me, but I went to another teacher, one who didn't have anything to do with the environment. And, mm-hmm. and I went, I remember I couldn't do anything. It was like, I said, this is impossible. I couldn't, I didn't understand where to put my hands. And I, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was so difficult. I felt yeah. like it was really, really, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how anyone could play it. <laughs> that was my feeling after the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but eventually, of course, you, you did play it. So, so when, when did you first start getting it? When, I guess, um, maybe what was, what was your first victory? In, uh, in terms of uh, learning the bandoneon? Um, I think that was in the school, in the ensembles, because I, I mm-hmm. joined the school afterwards. I, get, I got to participate. And uh, Julian Peralta is a very good teacher in the sense yeah. that he, he just tells you to interact, you know, just to do what you can do and, and don't be ashamed or don't minimize. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that. Right. You say in Spanish, just go with it, you know, and you can, you really um, get to play with people immediately and mm. you get to create the sound of, uh, of his music as well. Maybe not as good as Asticiero, <laughs> but you play, you get to play his music, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the music that made me play the bandoneon. So it was like, 
wow, really fast I got to I got to do what I wanted to do in mm-hmm. some way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that that idea of just of just getting into it and not being held back. So I imagine there are, there are a number of life lessons that you've also probably carried over from Bandoneo and into into other areas of life. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's been a a long journey and it still is. It's uh, I, it's you know it's a mystery from for me myself why I I wanted to play or why I'm playing the Bandoneon. But I think there is something that that that's like a kind of a knowledge that I, I have to accomplish or I have to go in through to learn something about myself. It's also brought me a lot of um, time with myself, mm-hmm. time in my own company, a lot of hours just sitting yeah. doing this, you know, and it's a very meditative form of uh, activity. Yeah. When, Absolutely. when it's good. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's when I don't play for some days, or maybe if I haven't brought my bandoneon on a vacation or anything or something like that, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it 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 takes me away from the earth. It's it's the the instrument makes me like put roots yeah. down, like connect with something uh, not so mental. I, I'm pretty mental sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So so what was your first time performing the bandoneon like? It was with the, yeah, with this orchestra, I think. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. question. <laughs> but that was like in a school way, it was definitely with that mm. orchestra. But very fastly, I got to play with Orquesta Tipica and Dariega. And mm-hmm. I think also like the first year, I was already playing live with them. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what was it like performing for dancers for the first time? It's, it's pretty different uh, to do for... Like, I remember that like the first mm-hmm. times I, it was easier in some way because okay. when you, when you have like, a, when you're playing just for the audience, you have a lot of attention. It's a lot of um, direct energy towards you and a musician's mm-hmm. musician. And when you are just starting, it can be like a little bit inti- intimidating. Yeah. And when there is a, the dancing, it's something else. It's kind of, you're more like a lot of people interacting in different ways and of course mm. you have like a big responsibility as a musician but kind of that I understand a lot later on I wasn't really aware of of the important role of how you play what you play and all that stuff in the beginning I was just happy to be able to mm-hmm. join the milonga and and it was a little bit more like a party than when you're on the stage and you have to do everything right yeah, yeah. Uh, in some way okay yeah Good, yeah. good. Yeah, that different dynamic of playing with the dancers. It's I've also heard, like heard other musicians liken it to, you know, it's you know when you're dancing, it's not just you and your partner with the live music. You're also your third partner is the uh, is the group, you know, mm-hmm. is the is the band, and there's this very organic interaction. As we're watching the orchestra, the orchestra is watching us, and there's this mm-hmm. really neat uh, neat energy that that goes on. Yeah, today I definitely have another experience with uh, playing for dancers. I really, I really mm. like it, and I, I feel a lot more connected. Uh, I can like uh, perceive a lot more than before. I, I can differentiate in, uh, in from one when we go on tour, for example. It's not mm-hmm. people are not dancing in the same way, you know, and it's not. It's almost like you, in some way, also adapt to the environment where you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Napoli, people go crazy. Sometimes we're playing like <laughs> taking, how do you say that? Like houses, you know, that has been 
have been abandoned and they make mm. a milonga there, like oh, very nice. popular stuff. And it's That's just great. like a crazy party. A lot of, it's not bent. Um, there's no mm. uh, air. <laughs> gets yeah, really yeah. dense, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly you're in a milonga very tight in, in, in the northern part of Europe where mm -hmm. everything is, there's a lot of space in between the, <laughs> the, yeah, the dancers. It's totally different uh, yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. And you feel that and you also respond to that as a musician. Mm -hmm. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, I like that idea of people, I've heard of people, you know, like you said, you know, taking an abandoned building or a warehouse and just having a party there. Mm -hmm. And that's... That, that's really yeah. that's great yeah unfortunately for where i live that would probably be illegal <laughs> but <laughs> but but yeah yeah it's great that's that's nice if you had that range of environments to play and i'm sure the energy is is really is really fun yeah. yeah so throughout your musical journey um what are some really important lessons that you learned i guess in terms of developing as a musician that have really stuck with you or perhaps were there certain experiences that really served to help um, you know, that really helped move your, your skills forward. Definitely. For example, I did, well, you know, I, I already talked about Orlando Goni and Julian yeah. Peralta, who kind of taught me and told me to just to start playing, you know, mm -hmm. put myself into different groups and just start to mm -hmm. get it going. And then I, I, a few years ago, I joined the Balcarce, um, mm -hmm. Emilio Valgarza Orquesta Escuela, which is a, another kind of institution where it's high level. Mm -hmm. and, and I got to, it was not the opposite, but it was more like study, study, study. Okay. <laughs> you really have to, to prepare yourself and you also really have to just, uh, yeah, to be very, um, a lot more elite, you know, you have to... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, be concentrated be be there do you, you can't just like uh, the Orlando Goni is like a really nice place where you get a lot of friends and it's also a social uh, mm -hmm. um, circle of a lot of orchestras comes out uh, come out of there and and this is a, another kind of education mm -hmm. so I think in, in the Valcarza I learned how to to be a professional I think mm -hmm. in some way I learned how to also I get I get a sheet and I have to resolve it I have a few days and I have to do it and I have to just be there. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's like more technical stuff, you know? And oh, yeah. then I think the, 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 the instrument in itself have, uh, has taught me a lot about, or this journey about daring to be yourself, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, because it's like we, when you have an instrument, it's because you want to express something and it is not, always so clear for one when you start what it is mm. that you want to express and why you want to express it and and it's really interesting to f to figure out what it is that some that one has inside and and, and also mm -hmm. to be confident to think that it has a value that yeah. someone can appreciate it it's mm -hmm. like a i think it's like an, an emphasizer of uh, of just being a, a human being you know because everyone has something to to give and something to express and should be Mm -hmm. uh, happy to to do that no yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah like when you're saying about you know the the environment where you're really studying and and there's um you know when you're really working hard was there at any moment where you thought oh my gosh how am i going to do this and kind of felt intimidated but then it just it worked out anyway yes a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of a lot of i'm i'm really i'm pretty uh, how do you say that exigente in spanish it's, i'm mm -hmm. really like 
author, author critic. And it's been really difficult for me to just to accept also that, that I'm, I have been a student, I'm still a student in some way, yeah. like that, that you have to do, you know, you have to do the, the small steps. You can't just jump. No one can do that. And right. sometimes they are not telling you that. Sometimes mm. they are not um, seeing that you are really struggling about like doing this step and you think that you should just do it tomorrow. And not all teachers have that in mind and all teachers want, want to communicate that as, as either. Here, mm -hmm. I think in Argentina, there's like, an, an people are very, like, it's very generally speaking, no? And it's mm -hmm. like a um, culture thing. But mm -hmm. I think that are pretty confident and they have like a, a tendency to uh, to think that or to pretend that they know it i see um <laughs> so i guess a lot of the teachers here kind of want to destroy that to <laughs> or want to beat that kind of uh, of uh, attitude you know yeah but mm -hmm. where i come from it's the opposite in, in mm -hmm. denmark we have what we call like the law of yente which is like don't think that you are anyone don't think that you can do anything it's like mm. a another kind of culture which has to do with also being a small country and and mm -hmm. also as you know a social um, socialist country in some way where everyone has the same and it's mm -hmm. good that everyone has the same mm -hmm. uh, more or less um, so it's kind of another uh, ideology in some yeah. way um, okay and that has been a bit difficult for me sometimes because when someone tells me that it's not good what I'm doing, I really believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really take it into me and it's been, mm -hmm. yeah, a yeah. process to, to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. You've worked with, with wonderful mentors and other masters, like you mentioned, Julian Peralta. And also, uh, of course, we also learn from our peers. So what are some really interesting or I guess important lessons or, or ideas you picked up um, by working with fellow musicians? A lot. You learn a lot. Um, sometimes it's like the small stuff, you know, uh, another instrument, here's something mm -hmm. else when we are like studying, for example, in the groups, uh, Andariega or Sextetoniamo, when we're mm -hmm. studying the, the music, we are, we are listening to different things. If you're a violinist, you hear something, and when you're a double bass player, you hear something else. Mm -hmm. um, that's very cool. Also, when you're trying to, to make this big sound, the orchestral mm -hmm. sound and um, then you can also learn a lot of, from people who might have another attitude towards music maybe they are more advanced maybe they are not maybe it's just something they have another personality yeah yeah that's great yeah so the two groups you're a part of so you're a part of not one but two sexteto uh and diamo and uh orquesta tipica andariega so yeah tell us how how you know you went from your your you know, one day you're picking up the bandoneon, not sure how it works. And now one day, you know, a while later, you're part of these two wonderful, wonderful groups. So, um, <laughs> yeah, tell us the story of, of how that happened. Well, Andariega, um, I, got, uh, I got friends with some of the, it was just starting the orchestra and they were like mm. kind of in need of bandoneon players as well, because it wasn't really, when you start something, you, it's not so easy, you know. Mm. So I was really lucky and they called me to join and uh, from then on I've just been there and mm -hmm. Sexteto Andiamo is like an, the other group which is part of um, some way part of the same thing as Andalega right. but uh, mm -hmm. Luigi Caviello is the director of both groups um, he's also my, my partner and uh, 
and mm. we are like sharing this these two projects um, together with a lot of other people there are other mm -hmm. uh, some of the other guys who also are in both groups um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it's like our <laughs> our entrepreneurship you can call it i don't That's know great. yeah <laughs> yeah mm. I also have like the the other group Las Malevas, mm. um, which is like a group of eight women. Okay. Uh, it started out as a group <laughs> that with all the the girls from from La Valcarce school, we got together and wanted to do something, so we made this octeto. Yeah, that's great. That's mm. great. Las Malevas, I love the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, it's really wonderful to see, you know, younger people, uh, you know, trying to, to keep the tradition going or, or exploring new territory with tango. So, of course, we love the classic tango groups. But again, you know, a lot of people are, are wanting to create something new with tango or trying to take this, uh, this art form in another direction. So you also have a lot of experience with the arranging and, and composition. So um, in terms of you know, the evolution of tango music. I might be kind of tricky to, to comment on it because we're kind of standing right in the middle of it. Uh, wh where do you see uh, music going or where, what are some things you'd like to see uh, tango do in the future? Like the tango has so many faces. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm mostly in, in the milonga part, like in the danceable tango. Nice. Um, <laughs> And, and like speaking for that area, because I, yeah, I would also love all the other areas to, mm -hmm. to uh, blossom and keep on blossoming. But uh, in the Milonga area, I think it's really nice that more orchestras are appearing. I think the, this moment, not right now, but mm -hmm. just recently, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> there has been so many new orchestras coming up and some of them are like doing the old style but there are also a lot of new ones coming in with new arrangements and uh, and compositions and i mm -hmm. i kind of i really appreciate that the dance environment is starting to to see the value i, I feel that people are starting to appreciate the new things and are starting also to be interested in the movement of the musicians and mm -hmm. and these new composition when something comes up it's like it's also news for the dancers, not only for the mus musicians, you know. Mm. Um, that's something I, I really appreciate because I think it's also, it's really, uh, it's, it's really a, a, a true thing, you know. It's mm -hmm. the dancers and also the musicians because I can only speak for my own group, but we are really thinking about the dancers when we do it. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be danceable and it's meant to be uh, something, yeah, an energy to share mm -hmm. um, and when you feel that people notice that or respond to that in some way and it can be, um, yeah, it could be anything, you know, but that's really nice. Yeah. People yeah. have started to, to appreciate it and also to express it. I see mm -hmm. more and more people also doing blogs about new music and mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's great because we really want to, you, you know, to share with the dancers. We really want to, right. uh, to, uh, to also to do stuff together because sometimes it's if every uh, there's a lot of that been for at least a lot of dancers who have been so claiming that it's not good for dancing you know we, mm. we prefer the old <laughs> bands and I, I can understand that because they're really really good they, mm. they played awesome mm. and it's like masterpieces but 
you know, now, now we, yeah, what are we going to do? You know, I like to play tango. I can't play like, like uh, in the old days, but I'll do what I can. And I think it has a value also like to be able to do this big yeah. thing, this new tango movement together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm more on the the dancing DJing side of things. I'm always excited when I hear of modern groups, you know, creating more danceable music. I, I understand, of course, danceable tango music. That's, uh, you know, that's that's one, well, like you said, one face of tango, and there's a whole huge. It's actually a very, quite a quite a large uh, genre with many facets. But I'm always, I always like to hear when when groups are, <laughs> are booking, when they want they want to play up danceable danceable music. Yeah, yeah. yeah and also you know your both groups uh, Sexteto and Yamo and Orquesta Tipica and Dariega they have wonderful YouTube channels. Anyone listening and watching this, um, please do check out their music and enjoy mm-hmm. it. And uh, uh, it is is really really wonderful stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We no we're just about to. Uh, mm-hmm of releasing a new video in fact in oh, small great. bites like mm-hmm. 15 seconds or cadencias as you're saying uh-huh. like in music speaking mm-hmm. uh, and it's like a a corona painting uh, <laughs> theme almost it, mm-hmm. it started out with luigi he the director he really yeah. likes uh, the whole um visual stuff and he started t- to do like painting taking uh, known paintings and and put stuff inside uh, like to make them uh, mm-hmm. act- and then um, he does the same thing with us now like we are going inside and outside uh, different oh, paintings of, uh, of the classics and uh, and we're doing it with one of the songs um, his songs Avanti mm-hmm. which won the competition for the best danceable song in Alex Krabs you know that one? oh yes yes had like that a competition was, yeah, yeah. some some years ago and that song won mm-hmm. and we're doing it to uh, to do a crowdfunding campaign as well Okay. So we can be able to to re- record this year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Right. Lucky. We are lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was also intrigued by uh, the their Tango Lab project, where you are reaching out to a lot of young people, introducing the culture and history of tango to to young people. Um, yeah. How did how did that get started? It was, in fact, my aunt who said to me that I should do that. Oh, great. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> some years ago. And then it's really, it's really great to do it. It's something that we mostly do in Denmark. We have done it other places, but mostly in mm-hmm. Denmark. And we go out on high schools and then we do like an intro uh, tango class. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we have like a... a a show we call Tango Lab Live, where we put on music from a milonga. We have like a projection of a milonga, and mm-hmm. and then I'm kind of the the one collecting the pieces, and the other musicians are also uh, participating. And I I try to like lead the students through like a musical tango journey, and mm-hmm. uh, the musician play something I also play, um, but we also play in small groups uh, mm-hmm. so they can hear how is the uh, the violin and the tango and uh, i tell them about a little bit about my journey how i got to live on the other mm. side of the earth <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, and such stuff and it's really um, it's interesting because it's, it's a lot of different things um in the show it's not it's not boring you know <laughs> right yeah, yeah <laughs> but, right. Uh, but yeah. it's it's like a lot of multimedia we play we have like some recordings from buenos aires and mm-hmm. we have the story going on it, you know, tango is not so, it's not always so um, appealing for, do you say that? Appealing for young yep. people. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. it can be like a more a little bit more like the 30s and 40s uh, where you start to appreciate tango i think if you're going that way mm -hmm. but as we are pretty young and, and the other musicians yeah. are even younger mm -hmm. uh, younger so uh, they have like a we can we can uh, reach out for the young people and i'm sure that a lot of more tango dancers or even musicians will come out of this because we are mm -hmm. we are having a lot of young people through this tango machine <laughs> every year <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's, it's great i mean uh you know this dance a lot of people they have this impression that it's oh it's a sort of a leisure activity but you know when i work with students i teach out here and you know, a lot of them have very stressful lives and things like that. And tangos are not just a way of relaxing, but it really, mm. I mean, it's really good for their brains. It's really good for your health. So, mm. I mean, I think it's great that you're introducing this to the younger people because most people mm. whom I speak to, you know, who, who start a tango later as adults, the, one of the things that we'll hear is, oh, I wish I started this when I was younger. So, mm. yeah, hopefully the, um, the students will, will appreciate that opportunity and yeah, we get another generation of uh, musicians and dancers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a student mm -hmm. in Copenhagen, and I had I was doing this tango course for dancing, no, and mm -hmm. uh, I was studying a lot all the day, and and then I had to like bike through the whole city to get to oh. the course, and I always <laughs> got there, and it was like a way to to feel how how was I in in my body you know I can I remember mm -hmm. my heart not only because of the bike uh, or the tour on the bike <laughs> but because of the, the life in general it really made me realize that that I was as, uh, accelerated um, mm -hmm. because I couldn't connect or, or if I couldn't sometimes I could but it was like some days I couldn't and sometimes I, it was it was a very good way to uh, to measure my inner <laughs> calm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, there are probably a lot of, uh, you know, people, as long as tango exists, I'm sure there are going to be people who will be inspired to start their own musicians and, and groups and to learn, um, you know, sometimes we'll get classically trained musicians who will make the, the conversion to tango. So just uh, what advice personally would you give to anyone listening or watching this who might think of, either um, becoming a tango musician themselves yeah just do it it's like a, a great journey it's i haven't regretted a moment it's not easy but it's not easy to do anything that you want to like in the yeah. art business um, right. and tango in some way has like a really broad audience because it's so worldwide mm -hmm. and i think that's also a, a way to to get to know the world it's like I think I will, uh, yeah, I will definitely just go for it. But you have to be, you have to be focused, you know, yeah. as any, you want mm -hmm. to do something like, um, and not focused in the way that you, you should have done a lot already and all that stuff, but, but try to stay on the course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and also like, it can be a bit tough. I'm living here and that kind of give me some acceptance for being mm -hmm. a foreigner in the genre um, but sometimes uh, people living abroad can be told that they can't play tango because they're not Argentinian and, <laughs> and, yeah. and I would just say for that people because maybe that would be the, the audience for this podcast that, mm -hmm. that the tango is for everyone I think and, mm -hmm. and, and it's also like if you feel something is going on when you hear tango it's because you speak this language in some way or you have to learn to speak it fluently you know Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, because it's weird. You cannot explain why someone wants to do or be a tango musician living so in another part of the world. And it, it's, it's, it doesn't have any, uh, uh, it's not rational, you know, it's, it's something yeah. <laughs> else and, and you have to go with it, I think, because it called you. In some yes. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the thing that I hear from a, from so many people that tango is, it calls out to you. We all, like you said, it's not rational, but we all we all feel that pull, and it's and it's mm. great when you let it you let it take you there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what what are some other I guess future projects and ideas that you have that, that you're considering or we want to try mm. someday? I have two things in my mind right now. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing is uh, something that I already am doing is um, called tango, which is like a mix in between uh, Denmark and tango. And it's okay. a project that's been going on for some time now and I got financed last year. And it's about taking Danish songs, pop song, rock songs, ma- mainly from um, my youth or my childhood or even uh, longer like in the 40s and the 50s um, mm. and to make them into tangos played by a tipica so they can nice. be danceable for the Danes and so they can <laughs> listen to music that they know yeah the lyrics that they understand and and also in some way it's my it's kind of an also anthropological project uh, because it's mm. i would like them to to feel how it is to to be an Argentinian, to listen to tango music, you know, because they, the Argentinians have, have grown up with this music. They know it, they understand the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So for them, dancing this music is, is something else that for people from other places. And it's not the same because mm-hmm. Danish songs are not tango, so they don't have the same yeah. <laughs> emotional uh, stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. they can maybe uh, do some links uh, also in between the music, how, how to how to differentiate because when you start start dancing tango you you must have experienced that as well it's all mm-hmm. it's all the same it sounds <laughs> like a, a, a like something from a film which i yeah. said in the beginning it's like yeah, you are yeah. going into a film and and little by little you start to distinguish and uh, yeah i wanted to to uh, to do that also i want to in some way do some some bridges between my past and my my Danish part and then my present in Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, um, and the other project is, um, I haven't really talked much about it yet. It's just something okay. that has started to, uh, to appear for me, but I would like to do something with women bandoneon players. I think there should be like a, a focus on the women composers in, mm-hmm. the, in the genre uh, and maybe do something with the bandoneon women, something like that. Maybe to do a, a disco or a CD yeah. or something like that. It's uh, right now. There's a lot of feminism going on in the tango, mm-hmm. and uh, I realized that I know very few women composers. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because there, there isn't so many tangos, but maybe it's also because of mm-hmm. of uh, like an narrowed right. vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, tango's for everyone. You know, if you feel it, go go yeah. for it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome, great, good, good. Well, um, so where can we find out more about you online? My projects have uh, websites sextetoaniamo.com mm-hmm. uh, or .com and orquesta. How is it? And no, andariegaitango.com.ar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Las Malevas are on the Facebook, and I'm, I myself 
I'm on okay. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> okay, great. What you would need, yeah. Okay, yeah, and I'll have all that in our show notes so people will be able to, to look you up and find out yes. more about your groups, Las Malevas and the Sexteto. Yeah, it's just really wonderful stuff. And uh, yeah, and then of course, you're, you're also on, on YouTube so people can sample and yes. listen to your music. And uh, yeah. especially now when, when we're all kind of locked down, it'd be uh, nice to have some tango music playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and check out our new small bites of video they are really really nice good good great <laughs> okay all right well Stina, thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me it's been really nice to, to chat with you and to learn about you and thank your you projects and <laughs> yeah please stay safe and healthy thank you you too thank yeah. you very much for the invitation <laughs>